So I'm going to continue in a series that we began um, at the beginning of June. And that series is called Winning the Fight. And it's about the flesh versus the spirit. And my title today is Flesh Less. Less of the flesh, flesh less. My text is taken from Galatians chapter 5, just two verses, verses 22 and 23. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Against such things there is no law. And now I'll read it from the Amplified Bible, which is still my favourite version of the different versions that are out there of the Bible. And it expands this a little bit more. It says, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes, is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, which is benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, which means meekness and humility they're involved there, self-control, self-restraint. Against such things there is no law that can bring a charge. Now, it's interesting, isn't it, that that scripture talks about law, and I'll explain a little bit why. Last week, we looked at the works of the flesh, what that was about, and I called that our lower nature. Um, But today, we're looking at the works of the Holy Spirit's presence in us, as the Amplified says. His work within us is so different to our lower nature, so different to the flesh, so different to the behaviours that were described for those of you that were listening in last week. So what is fruit? An apple that grows on the tree? Yeah. I looked up in what's called the Merriam-Webster Dictionary for some definitions on fruit. You always learn more as you expand the meanings of things. It talks about the effect or consequence of an action or operation. It talks about a product which is produced or a result that is produced. Rather like the fruits or the results of our labour. So somebody has worked hard and you've laboured and then you see the results of it. That's fruit, that's something that you bear because you've laboured. Or the fruits of victory. Imagine the football right now going on. We know that England is going to win the Euro. And um, imagine the fruits of victory as they work hard to score goals and to win. So what hard work means, you bear fruit. You have a consequence of it. Also the verb, it means to cause to bear. Something causes you to bear fruit. Well, that's very, very interesting because, as I said, this scripture says, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes, this tells me that the Holy Spirit is the one who causes us to bear fruit. We can't do it in and of ourselves. The Holy Spirit causes us to bear fruit. 
So let's think in terms of his relationship with us, this Holy Spirit. We can't bear fruit that is being talked about in this verse apart from him. He is the one who causes us to bear fruit. And interestingly enough, our candidates today, they've committed their lives to Jesus Christ. They have said goodbye to worldly things and our lower nature. And they're on a journey, just like every one of us is on a journey of discipleship. That journey teaches us that the way we think, the way that we act, the way that we behave is different since Christ came into our lives. So it's a journey in the spirit as opposed to a journey in the flesh. And it's about learning how to live, how to walk by the Spirit of God and to do the things he says to do. And our candidates today will testify that their lives have changed and that their lives are continuing to change. Some have just become born again and others have been born again for a while. But life is changing. They're on a journey that will bear fruit in the Spirit. Some of the nouns for the word fruit are after effect. So what's the after effect of having the presence of the Holy Spirit in us? What's the consequence of having the presence of the Holy Spirit in us? What's the outcome? What are we expecting? How will we look different, be different, act differently as a consequence of having the Holy Spirit's presence at work in us? What will be the product So we're looking at the after effect of being filled with the Spirit, the after effect of being born again by the Spirit of God. We're looking at a journey that many are going to take today by stepping into the baptism pool. What they'll be saying is, I am taking another step in my spiritual journey because I'm pursuing a life in the Holy Spirit And I am endeavouring to live a life where people will see the fruit of my walk. I'm different, and they'll need to see how different I am. Some of us um, will need to gain an understanding of the importance of a life of obedience to Jesus' commands. That's why these are getting baptised today. Jesus commanded it they're going to do it. They're going to show that they're obeying him and living a life not in our lower nature, living a life not in our flesh, but living a life by the Spirit takes obedience to Jesus Christ as well. So let's look a bit more in detail at the fruit that we bear when we prioritise the Holy Spirit and not our lower nature. So we've got to remember the lower nature doesn't disappear, our flesh doesn't disappear, we're in it, we're in our bodies and we have emotions that God gave us. He didn't take our emotions away, but it's about the control that we allow our emotions to have over our lives or the control that we allow the Holy Spirit to have in our lives. We're pursuing a God-centred lifestyle. That's what makes the difference. When we gave our lives to Jesus Christ, we were saying, have full control of who I am. Have full control of my everyday. Be in the centre of everything I am 
and everything I do, right? That's what we were saying, weren't we? We were saying it is a life that requires less of the flesh and more of your Holy Spirit. Less of the flesh, more of you, Lord. So love being one of the fruits, the world has a definition of love. The world is always talking about romantic love. The world is generally, that's what love is to them. That relationship with another person, that's romantic. But God's love is so different. And when you, when you walk in the fruit of his love, it's evident. God's love is selfless. God's love is described in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And some of the things it says always jumps out at me. It takes no notice of a suffered wrong. Is that easy to do in the flesh? Taking no notice when somebody has been a bit mean to you, when you've been wronged. That's the God kind of love. That love prefers the next person. That's fruit of the Spirit. That love doesn't want what another wants. It's a different kind of love to the way that the world might have taught us what love is. It's selfless and it's centred on God and Christ. That's one fruit. And then we have joy. What is joy? A strong inner sense of gladness that's not based on circumstances. So somebody gives me a bunch of flowers and I smile and I get happy. Wow, somebody's been kind to me. That's just making me happy. Joy is something much deeper than that. Joy is carried within us because we know that we know that God's grace, God's love, God's mercy, God's promises belong to us. That joy comes because we know we belong to Jesus Christ. So it's a joy that is not moved by circumstances. It's a joy that's within us, that doesn't move us if things are not going well. And it doesn't move us if things are going well. It's a knowing, you carry it inside of you, this joy of the Lord. And the evidence of it is that it becomes contagious in other people's lives. Again, fruit that you bear that people will see a joy because you belong to him, you know him. And then there is peace, that's another fruit. Well, if the world is not looking for peace today, what is it looking for? Peace talks about the fact that God has everything under control. The Bible describes Jesus Christ as the Prince of Peace the owner of peace, peace himself, totally in charge of peace, something we can ask for and carry in our lives, something that makes us so content in the midst of trials and circumstances, in the midst of life. It doesn't matter, I'm not panicking. I have the peace of God which carries me. It's stationed inside of me. That again is what we give out to the world if we're fruit bearers. And then there's patience. This is an easy one. 
for our flesh, isn't it? It talks about endurance and perseverance. It talks about the ability to wait without becoming angry, annoyed, or upset. So how do we wait when we want something? Do we quickly become agitated? Do we become angry that it hasn't come through when we want it to? Or do we wait patiently? Do we wait without anger, without annoyance? It's, patience is about an ability to tolerate being hurt or being provoked without losing your temper. Patience is maintaining hope and not giving in to despair. So along with patience, there is hope. Patience says, even though it doesn't look right just now, even though I'm disappointed, even though I'm hurt, I'm going to wait. I have hope in Christ. I have hope in God that he is turning things around and I will be patient and I'll wait for it. It's a beautiful fruit of the Spirit. Then there is kindness. And this is an active consideration for others with no desire to cause hurt. Isn't it amazing that the fruit of the Spirit is always outward looking? It's not looking to ourselves to satisfy ourselves, but it's looking at how we can be help, we can be available for others, and we can look out for their benefit. So kindness is an active consideration for others. And kindness has behind it that you don't want to, you wouldn't purposefully be causing hurt to another human being. Another fruit is goodness. And we say only God is truly good. And good comes from God. You want to do what is right and you want to do what is beneficial for others. That's what goodness is. Beneficial for others. Here we are again. You want to do what's right, especially before God. Faithfulness, this is a powerful fruit and an expression of the works of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You are firm and you're unwavering in your loyalty and your devotion to Jesus Christ. Um, A friend of mine described a difficult situation in her family recently where she was asked to tell a lie. She refused and her family were angry with her, especially a particular person dear to her. But she stood her ground, knowing that she may lose relationship. She had to stand firm in her unwavering loyalty to what Jesus Christ says to do, which is not to lie. Within 48 hours of standing her ground, there was reconciliation. There was understanding. There was acceptance. Faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. I will not compromise. I am loyal to the things of God and not to the things of man. That's an amazing fruit. And then there's gentleness. And people think of gentleness as um, softly, softly. Yes, let me do everything softly. But gentleness is powerful. Gentleness is acting mercifully and appropriately, but with a mild manner. No matter how you're treated, are you going to show mercy? Are you going to have a mild manner towards people? 
so that they can see the fruit that you're carrying. And then there is self-control, a lifestyle of dependence on God that gives you the power to overcome temptation and to remain and to master your desires and emotions. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 27, I like the way that Paul always says this, but I bring and I keep my body under subjection. In other words, the things of the flesh, whether it be emotional, whether it be physical. Paul says, but I bring and I keep my body under subjection in case when preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So he's looking to watch his flesh, looking to watch that lower nature and to keep it under control. And the fruit of the spirit is self-control. I am dependent on God's power to overcome temptation and remain in control and master my desires. I submit them to God. So that is a long list of the fruit of the spirit. And what's really interesting is that again today, as our candidates are being baptised, and some of you will stay behind, I hope, and celebrate with what they're doing, they're striving for a life to be more like Jesus Christ. They want to obey him. They want to live a life that will bear fruit, that will cause others to come into the kingdom of God. So what does it mean in verse 23 when it expresses against which there is no law? Um, against such things there is no law that can bring a charge. In the book of Galatians, the whole issue was that there were new Christians, new converts, and they were happily going along with what Paul had been teaching them about what it is to follow Christ. And others came in who were very religious and very strict and very um, wanting to follow laws that meant that you didn't do this and you did that and you did that and you didn't do this. They were religious laws. They were not based on the spirit of God. And so Paul had a battle on to teach these new converts that they should live a life by the Spirit of God and that they shouldn't be bound by laws. He was encouraging them not to go back and be bound by the things that they had been bound by before. And so verse 23 really is about the fact that he was expressing, we have total freedom and liberty to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. There's no law against it. There's no law in expressing the things of God in your life. There's no law about being a fruit bearer and a fruit carrier in your life. The Holy Spirit is within us. We can bear fruit and there's no limit to what we can bear. Nothing can stop us except us. We can either give control to our lower nature, to the flesh, or we can say less of you flesh and more of you Jesus Christ. We must choose, and it's always a choice. Every second of every day, we get angsty, we get annoyed, we get upset, we get disappointed. Every second of the day, we must make a choice and then practice. And, and this is making choices that the Holy Spirit puts before us each day. We'll have one way to go or another, we need to ask the Holy Spirit, I want to choose 
What do you say to do, Holy Spirit? So that we can live a life displaying the fruit that is the result, as I said, of his work and presence within us. And we should acknowledge that the Holy Spirit helps us to choose if we're opening to listening to him. Remember, it's the works of the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. Therefore, he tells us, he directs us, and then we choose to obey or not to obey. So it's still not our power or our ability to be gentle, to have self-control, to be faithful, to have goodness, kindness, etc. It is the, the gifts, it's the fruit that the Spirit of God gives us. We rely on him, we listen to him, and we obey him. We should always acknowledge that the Holy Spirit helps us to choose if we are open to listening to him. So what choices will you make today? Think of the scenarios you've been through in the past week. Somebody has perhaps been angry with you and you want to lash out in anger. Perhaps you are disappointed with something and you go within yourself and wonder, is there any hope? What choices do you make? Do you ask the Holy Spirit, what do I do next? What do I do here? It's time that we learn to choose. We have the helper inside us so that every decision we make is a decision made by the power of the Holy Spirit. Are we ready to do that today? I know that our incredible candidates are ready. They're pursuing a life of the Spirit of God, they're changing their lifestyle, they're discipling themselves, they're being discipled actually. So I'd like to pray, first of all, if I may, for the candidates who will be baptised. And then I'd like to pray for you out there who have been listening today as you ponder on, is it my flesh in control or is it my spirit in control? Less of the flesh.